I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Story Studio. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Welcome to the Story Studio, podcast where an independent publishing company explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. My name is Luke Condor with a K, <coughs> just going my throat there, and right now I am alone. In a second, I'll, we'll go straight to the interview with a good friend of mine, F.C. Schultz, and Daniel Wilcox will be there, my regular co-host, but right now he is not here. So normally we do um, a lot of, you know, we, we talk about writing series of novels and, and marketing these books and you know like the sort of more advanced kind of details of of uh, making stuff and publishing stuff but we kind of overlook how important it is to uh do the first novel actually sit down and write your first novel so that's what we're going to be detailing today that's what we're going to be talking about today um with a good friend of mine so i won't keep you for too long we'll go straight into the interview um i hope you have a good one take care enjoy yourself Writing is a tough game, especially in the beginning. Uh, there's not only a leap in word count from writing and publishing short stories to writing your first novel, but a leap in confidence, maturity, I'd say a leap in life. They say 80% of Americans say that they want to write a novel but never do, and then some other people do. Uh, so today we're talking to doer and writer F.C. Schultz, born in the land of Lincoln but since relocated to Joplin, Missouri with his wife Sammy and his cat Batman, uh, not that Batman. FC didn't start writing fiction <laughs> until his early 20s, where he says, the stories of Ray Bradbury grabbed hold of me and never let me go. Um, there's very sticky pages on that, on that particular book. Um, <laughs> well, now he's just written and published his first novel, a coming of age fancy tale called The Rose Weapon. And we're going to have a little chat about writing your first novel, but writing short stories. And um, yeah, instead of a nice little chinwag. So welcome to the show, Mr. FC Schultz. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you, man. Um, yeah, so you mentioned Ray, Ray Bradbury. He's a bit of a hero of mine. Um, can you just quickly touch on that and talk about, you know, what he did for you, how he, how he got you into writing in the first place? Yeah, so I actually didn't discover Ray Bradbury until the summer of 2012. That's when I read Fahrenheit 451 for the first time. And I was like, this is awesome. I want to get more from this guy. And that was actually the same summer that he passed away. And so... It was kind of this heartbreak yeah. at the same time as discovering all of these awesome works. Um, and then I moved to some of the short stories, uh, Sound of Thunder, The Pedestrian, All Summer in a Day. Just really what 
he could do with such a small amount of words was just incredible. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And um, so was there any particular story that sort of had you put the book down, open a Word document and, and start writing yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, stories like The Pedestrian, where it's just so simple, um, but still so powerful, just about someone walking outside and getting arrested for it. And so just having those small little things and how can I can I accomplish those those same things? Um, and how and then prefer I, those sort of shorter, more intimate experiences where it is, say, I don't know, several thousand words focusing on that small, say someone walking into a doctor's office and stuff happening, or do you prefer the sort of bigger, wider stories? Yeah, I definitely like the, the smaller stories. Um, one thing I'm trying to work on with my writing is to write my characters with enough uh, nuance and subtlety. And he does that very well and it helps carry the story, even if it's just one or two characters. And so um, I really like getting that, that intimate feel with such a simple story like that. Yeah. Very person, personal um, relationships. So what's that story? It's really difficult um, to do. Yeah. I just what that story uh, kaleidoscope is when like the, it's like five astronauts, rejected from their rocket and they're sort of floating through space yeah talking to each other and that's all, all it is it's just one guy talking to the rest of his people but yeah it's so good it's like really beautiful and kind of tragic but uh it's hard yeah it's hard to keep like i've tried to do something like that where it's similar so that would be one of those stories and then it's very much just conversation based but it's so hard to keep it interesting and yeah, to yeah. bring that emotion to it yeah so um Okay, so so tell us um, when you first started writing. How how old is it, how old are we at this point? I mean, I didn't really start writing. So I was probably twenty when I started, and I I hadn't really written anything before. I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought of a story, a way to change the seven, eight, nine story, where seven actually or seven, six feels sorry for seven. It's just completely ridiculous. <laughs> That's why he's afraid of him. He's afraid he won't have a normal life anymore because everyone's like shunning him now. And then that was it. I didn't do anything for a couple of years after that. I, I don't even know where that came from. Um, the but then after that, yeah. yeah, I guess it was time to time to start writing. Um, but yeah, as a kid, I didn't really I didn't really read that much or watch that much movies, uh, that many movies. Um, I think that there was probably some stories happening on the playground or in, in the backyard. I remember vividly having a blue Power Ranger, one of those shiny ones, and I was like telling a story or something, and I put it into like one of the pillars of our porch, like it was going into like cryo sleep or something, and I let go, and it just it was gone. I never, it's still there somewhere at that house, but it just fell down. It I thought it was flat, but it just fell down a hole. So there had to be some story element happening there, but. I don't really. I, maybe I gave up when that happened. Yeah. No, just curi out of curiosity. Do you remember your first story you ever wrote? Oh, um, actual prose. I I do actually. Yeah. Um, I was in college, and it was one of the creative writing module things. It basically, I decided then that I wanted to be a bit of a boundary pusher, but not in like a. <laughs> an actual decent way in a bit of a kind of pedantic, I'm just going to do it for the sake of it. So we got given the choice of writing anything that we wanted. And I put forward three options of one of them being erotica, which for a 16 year old at college, giving it to a 40 year old woman to read 
um, to, to tell you whether or not you're a good writer isn't the best way forward. But I, I ended up putting that to side and I wrote a story about a guy who finds himself, it's that kind of classic thing, you're running down an alleyway, you find yourself at a chain link fence with nowhere to go and there's kind of like a vampiress chasing after him. And I just remember, I've still got it somewhere, but even reading it, how pedantic and how how much of a, an idiot I sounded just because I tried so hard to be what would traditionally be what I thought was a good writer. Yeah. It's yeah. unnecessary long words for no reason, <laughs> but, but they're, they're the kind of stepping stones you go through. You have to have that initial experience. You have to play around with a lot of different stuff before you actually get to, to know what it is you want to write and, and where you mm-hmm. kind of strength lie. Yeah. Were you, um, when you first started writing, Christian, were you sort of, cause I remember I, I wasn't, confident in words like and in, in putting words down on a page and even now even well, even now to a degree I, I mean like I'm always worried that I'm using the wrong words or like I'm gonna look like a fool <laughs> they're gonna figure me out I mean were you confident in, in in like your writing in general um I think I had a little bit of an advantage starting so late kind of um getting comfortable with who I am and kind of figuring that out, even though I was still early twenties, but I do remember reading some advice. Um, I wish I could remember who it was. He said he, he would write, uh, he had a plan to write a hundred short stories and he would just write one number it and then go on to the next one. And he would write all, he wrote all hundred of those before he even stopped to listen to what people were saying. Cause he knew they were going to be bad, but he didn't want that to impact him. He just wanted, he said, I'm going to write a hundred stories and then let's, let's start a conversation after that. So I kind of try to apply some of that same philosophy. I didn't get anywhere near a hundred, but kind of just, um, and similar to what Ray Bradbury says too, is writing what you're passionate about and what the stories that you want to write. And so I knew that I was doing that. And so that was, that helped me kind of, um, push away some of that noise. Yeah, Yeah. And that's the kind of focal point, isn't it? I mean, if you're able to fuel yourself off your own passion, then ultimately it doesn't really matter what the reader says i mean obviously in the grand scheme if you're looking to sell stuff it does but it's so much easier moving forward and driving yourself forward if you know that at the heart you're doing something you enjoy yeah yeah um i think for for me when when i'm writing like an episode of the other stories i'm really just trying to surprise myself to like think wow i I didn't know I, i didn't know this twist existed or like this sort of play on i didn't know it existed so uh i think you have to sort of go into the short stories especially just of like that sort of just to experiment to see into, into what you like and like what you, what you want to do. I mean, Chris, do you remember like the first story you wrote and you were like, wow, this, I've got it. <laughs> I've nailed it. Do you remember what the first one was? Um, was it the rose weapon? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the first one that's really um, felt confident to put out there in the full length as it is. Um, um, other than that, there was a couple there's one that I use um, that if people sign up on the email list on my website, I send it to them and say, can I send you my favorite story? Um, it's very it's very much about um, sibling relationships and being trapped in space and all that fun stuff. Um, so that was kind of my first one that I felt like, OK, this is good enough for to make a first impression on people. So it's nice to hit that point to actually feel that comfortable with your story to do that. Um I mean, how so? How many stories would that have been before you actually hit the point now where you've published this book? What was it about the Rose Weapon that made it for you publishable? Yeah, so I started it. 
Um, I actually took a creative writing class at the end of 2000 of the semester of 2014 in May or so. Um, and part of that was writing the first chapter of a book. And so that was where I wrote the first chapter and it didn't, and then I didn't do anything with it after that. Um, it kind of sat dormant for about two years or so until last year during NaNoWriMo gearing up for it. I knew I wanted to, um, take that next step and say, um, let's, go all in and try to get a novel out of this thing. Uh, I had a lot of ideas for where I wanted to go. And so, yeah, that was that was kind of the first one that was, um, let's take this this jump and kind of go from there. Yeah, take the deep dive. NaNoWriMo uh, <laughs> helps, well, it helps me a lot anyway. Yeah. I mean, um, did you, can you tell us a bit about what made you sign up to NaNoWriMo? Did someone tell you about it? Did you... Sign it to one of those groups and go to those what what do they call them like writings or something like that, like cabins. Yeah, something. No, is that where you meet up in like that's a, camp, in a real, camp, Oh, if you meet like you meet up in a cafe and um, with loads of oh, writers yeah. and don't talk to each other and write. I guess. <laughs> did you, did you, so that was about NaNoWriMo for you. Yeah, so I had actually heard about it the year before, and I was I had challenged myself to write five short stories during that time during the NaNoWriMo instead didn't happen I think I wrote one and a half or so Um, and then so then the next year um, I wanted to go ahead and do it the proper way it's it's supposed to be novel writing month so let's go ahead and do this I signed up and then I tracked all my um, all of my daily word counts on their website and and used all of that kind of stuff I did daily audio updates more for me to make sure to keep myself accountable that way I would know um, I know I'm going to have to do this, so let's make sure we hit the word counts. And so, um, really it was trying and failing two or three times. I think even before that I was, I tried to do some kind of a script or something that who knows what happened to that. Um, so it was kind of like at the point of, okay, we've tried this so many times, let's actually take it seriously this time. Yeah. And, uh, and this was the, so you'd written the first chapter before in that, in that class. Is that right? Yep. And I ended up, it wasn't the first chapter, the first feedback that she gave me, my professor gave me was don't start a book with a dream. <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now end it with one. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing was a dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate ending to Harry Potter. Yeah. Is that, I, how, I don't know how Harry Potter ends. Is that, is that a spoiler alert? What? Well, I've seen the film. Well, if is I that... say no, that's also another spoiler. Okay. So, Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't need to go from here. Okay. Um, <laughs> how, I was gonna, how long oh, the, oh, I was just gonna say. I was gonna ask you guys what your uh, philosophy on giving spoilers is. Some people say like, "Oh, it's been out ten years. It's fine. You should have seen it by now." What do you guys? What do you guys well, think about that? So, in the in the horror hangout podcast, which is a similar podcast for me and Ben, watch like classic horror films. Like it's so spoilerific and we forget to warn people at the start. So I mm. feel like we may have pissed a few people off, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I try to avoid spoilers, especially like, you know, like stranger things and stuff. And I've seen some people yeah. post some things and I'm like, you can't, even though they're trying not to say a spoiler by simply suggesting something about that character. Now people yep. are sort of, they've got like a careful eye on that character and they've got ways for something bad to happen or something. Yeah, and you know, okay, you might not know it right now, but once you get halfway through, then you're like, oh, now I can piece this together and see oh, what happens. Oh, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. They all die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think there's a grace in period. I think there's, 
a couple of weeks maybe in which you can kind of say so for example i still haven't seen the last episode of the pre the most recent series of game of thrones hmm. but people in the office were talking about it last week and at that point i was just like you know what i haven't seen it yet just talk about it. hmm. it's fine but if it was sort of the day after i'd be a bit more wary yeah hmm. yeah so i wonder if it's different for tv and movies too I, don't know. I yeah. think so. I, I reckon so. Yeah. So, is, is there any sort of spoilers you're trying to avoid at the minute, Christian? Well, yeah. we uh, mostly Stranger Things too. Yeah. Have you I seen? Mean, you we're, seen we're, oh, yes. We're done with it now. I stayed up way too late on Monday night finishing it. But before that, I saw something that was like, "Oh, when you get to this part, tell me if this looks like whatever." And I was like, "No, don't say no, that. Yeah, Why would you say yeah, that?" Yeah. <laughs> Just a quick question. I mean, Stranger Things. Did you prefer the second season or the or the first season? I prefer the first season. I don't think. Looking back through the second season, I was thinking this wouldn't have worked as a standalone thing. Like this wouldn't have worked for a first season yeah. or as its own season. It relies a lot on the first season. So, I am still a fan of the first season more. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm just gonna try and add Dan back whilst we. Uh... Oh, I'm back. Oh, you're back. Okay, cool. Uh, we, it's a good job you missed it because we just spoiled the fuck. That's <laughs> many things. <laughs> uh, it's oh, it's good. The last few weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's it? Oh, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> bear with me a second. I'll get my tongue back in. So the road weapon. How yeah. um? How long did it take to write from start to finish, including edits and and polish and all that stuff? Mm. Yeah. So. I wrote the first draft in 21 days of NaNoWriMo, and then I put it away um, for about a month or so, uh, per Stephen King's advice. And then... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It didn't come out until last or until like two weeks ago in the middle of October. So almost a full year going through um, 
that I sent it off while well, I edited it and then um, sent it off to a couple of beta readers, got some of that feedback, did another edit on it, um, added characters that weren't even in the first um, draft. So that was that was a pretty interesting experience for me. I haven't done any kind of edits like that before. Yeah. Um, and then it honestly, one of the things I learned about this whole process is one, don't say a release date until you are 100% sure you're ready, until you can release it today, basically. Because yeah. um, <laughs> I kept saying, okay, it's coming out uh, middle of July. It's coming out at the end of July. Here we go, August 15th, September 1st. <laughs> like I just kept pushing it back because there would be one more edit and then I need to get the, the proof back and, and do that again and then all of this stuff. Um, that being said, I can look back on it and see a lot of areas where I could trim it down a lot, a lot of uh, dead space where I wasn't doing anything um, with the book where I could really trim that, that time down from mm. first draft to getting it published. It's sort of a learning process. I think, I mean, how, uh, how easy or hard was the process? Was it like as difficult as, as what pe- people out there might think, or did you like breeze through it? Through it? Um, yeah. So, some advice that was given to me um, pretty early on before I even thought about writing a novel um, was don't try to write the novel that you want to write um, that you could write when you're 50. Or you might have this massive idea for a time traveling space saga, trilogy, super series, whatever, uh, but you're not probably not ready for that yet if you're just getting started. And so um, I definitely do have that idea for a story, but I knew I wasn't ready for all of those characters. And so I wanted to intentionally tell a story that was a little bit more trimmed down. Um, it's mostly there's only there's not usually more than two characters on screen at the same time um, talking to each other. So just learning how to even have dialogue before you add in all these characters and then you realize, oh, they're not saying anything. They're just sitting there with the rest of the group um, and trying to figure out how to balance all of that. It's one point of view all the way through. Um, I use the hero's journey structure. So that was already in place for me. And so I really wanted to try to set all that stuff up because I knew it was going to be difficult and this new thing that I'd never done before. So to try to kind of give myself um, those shortcuts, yeah. if, I don't know if that's the best word. Um, Helping hands, the sort of uh, lubrication. <laughs> yeah, for later down. Yeah, yeah, for later on the line when I knew that those things would be would be coming through. So. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed the editing process and going through it. Um, I thought I, I like what we mentioned earlier. I really love this story. And so it was pretty easy for me to go in and make those edits and know that I'm making it better because um, that's ultimately what I want for the, the book and the story is to be the best that it can. So, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I, I kind of feel like when, when you're writing a novel, like you, you kind of have like seasons, <laughs> you go through the motions. So you can like for me anyway i'll start off really confident and really happy and i'll get like a midpoint i'll get a bit tired and i like hate everything <laughs> and then i'll like <laughs> just want to get it done and then by the end it's like um it's usually better than than what, what i thought it would be i mean how did you find it were you sort of steadily just working and happy all the way through or was it was there any sort of tough moments when you weren't sure or how how's the day today um Definitely going through the line edits was the worst part. So doing this, the story editing thing and adding some characters in and kind of um, hammering down some character motivations and stuff, that was that was great. But then going through every single 
sentence and every single word and making sure um, everything is the way it's supposed to be. Because when you're flying through that first draft, you I mean, you forget commas. There's thing you use the wrong version of there. I mean, it's all yeah. that kind of stuff, you know, that you you don't catch. And so that part, I was like, I'm ready to be to be done with this now and move on to the next thing. And so. And that was part of the the process too. Towards the end is where I was kind of dragging and really wanting to work on other projects. But I knew, okay, I've got this one project that's eighty five percent done. I need to get it across the finish line before I fully commit to something else. And I think that's the hardest part. There is pushing through that that kind of slump there because that's where a lot of people will stop and switch to a new project or something that is a bit more exciting. But mm-hmm. um, do you? Do you feel like you got a lot more out of actually finishing it than you might have from starting a new project? Yeah, definitely. I mean, learning um, just all about Create Space and what that looks like, and um, working with cover artists and formatting and doing all of those kinds of things were skills that I didn't know before or even think about when I wrote the first draft. Um, but all of those help inform the next project and the next project after that. Yeah, uh, I, just, I just I know you said you, you sort of stuck with like the hero's journey, but did you did you box or pants the novel? Uh, De- go on, sorry. Yeah, oh, definitely plot. Um, okay. I I'm an outliner. Um, I definitely try to leave space to let it go um, wherever it's going to go. Um, there are things that I mean, like adding a whole other character afterwards, um, but. Um, since my writing time is kind of limited to the mornings before work, if I don't have that plot and that plan of where I'm going to go, it takes me a lot. It's a lot harder to get my thousand words um, in that hour or whatever time frame I have. So definitely, definitely plot. Dan, that might be why I've been super slow at writing recently. This book, I haven't <clears> plotted. I've just got to like, I don't, I'm writing like I would a short story. So that's why it's taken me so long. <laughs> ah, perhaps. I need the. Uh, but then maybe it'll add a different dimension to it. Maybe, yeah. Uh, I need the the plots lubrication for the process. <laughs> but, uh, so so yeah, man. So the book came out two weeks ago. Uh, people are out. People are reading it. Uh, I've seen some nice reviews on there and everything. I mean, how does how does it feel to get that first book out there? Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. It's. Um... You know, before you have a book out and you tell people that you're a writer, or you're an author, they're like, oh, yeah, cool. Sure you are. <laughs> but then you're like, no, really, like you can search it on Amazon and there it is. And then it's just a whole different ballgame. And I don't know. I mean, that that alone has been cool just to be able to say, you know, yes, you can buy it. It's on Amazon right now. Um, and then. Let me know what you think after you're reading. I'd love to hear your feedback. And so it's opened up a lot of those doors. And I had a, a book signing at the local library and got to meet a lot of other authors that were there. Um, so that was pretty cool, too, just that experience and being able to uh, meet new people from having this book out. Yeah. How did the uh, – can you talk a little bit about the, the book signing? It's not, it's not really something that I've, I've ever done. I don't know how we go about setting that up. It actually worked out uh, really well. The library was putting on a Joplin Writers Fair. And so any writers, authors from the area could set up a booth for free and sell their books without um, any margin being taken off the top there from the library. And so, um, yeah, the 
book signing happened two weeks after my book came out. So it was perfect timing to be able to set that up. We set up a TV with the the book trailer on there and my buddy got me a huge banner with the cover on it. And so, wow. yeah, it was, it was fun. Yeah. And the, uh, That's so cool. Have you, have you seen the book trailer, Dan? I, I don't know if I sent it to you, uh, but it's, it's, really, I haven't seen the trailer. No, I think maybe it, cause it, when did the book trailer came out? It came out a little while ago, right? Well, there was like a, a cover release little uh, teaser thing. Yeah. yeah. And then there was the one um, that came out on the day that the book came out because at the end it says available now on Amazon and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's really good. It's um, it, Most book trailers are kind of like, you know, just a, a, a picture of the book cover and then some like uh, royalty-free music. <laughs> and they'll say, oh, no, but this was like, this was really good. I mean, is who made it? Are you behind the camera? Who, who made that? Yeah. So uh, my brother-in-law um, and sister live in Nashville and they do um, wedding videography um, there. And so he is a pro um, at that. And he was actually in town for my other sister's graduation. And I was like, while you're here, we have to shoot this, <laughs> this book trailer. Like, I don't know when it's going to come out, but it's going to like, so we finished it in May or June or something. And I've just been sitting on it waiting for it to come out. But um, he was like, he was all for it. And he um, did some sound engineering on it too. He, and so he put it all together and it was, yeah, just incredible. But uh, I guess I just wanted to, I've only got a few more questions really. I just wanted to ask like, um, first of all, have you got like a book uh, or some sort of resource or something that, that you recommend to other creators, you know, people out there who want to write a book for the first time and uh, and that kind of thing? Yeah, so a couple of the big ones that a lot of people probably have heard about, uh, On Writing by Stephen King is huge, uh, Bird by Bird by Anne Lamont. Um, and then one of the ones that has been really impactful for me is Zen and the Art of Writing by Ray Bradbury. And because it's it's more focuses on the passion uh, behind the writing and why why you do what you do and why you write stories and I mean his passion for stories is just incredible and so um, that's really inspiring to me just reading one of those essays and then I feel ready to just jump right back in. Yeah, I, mean, I know I don't even about that book. That the way he sort of writes uh, nonfiction is the I, I do kind of try and ape that style a little bit because it just sounds it just it's got such like a zest to it and it just kind of inspires you to want to actually sort of start writing it's uh it's definitely one of the, one of the better um non-fiction books but i've never read bird by bird though is it is it good what what's the, what's the idea behind that yeah so one of the big lessons from there is um about the first draft and that it's going to be bad no matter what and so and she really talks about that and just kind of puts uh, when you're going towards that first draft, don't try to make it perfect. It's fine. Just get it out there. And so that's one of the big things um, through from that book that has really st kind of stuck with me and influenced the way that I approach um, writing a new story, whether it's a short story or another novel. Cool. Uh, also, so is there any so you've done a novel? Uh, I know you mentioned something about a screenplay, but um what sort of other mediums are you uh, looking forward to working in? Yeah. Um, so this month, instead of doing uh, NaNoWriMo, I decided to try Zero Draft 30. So writing a screenplay in, in one month. And so this is my first time ever trying something like that. 
don't really know what I'm doing, but it's just going for it basically. Um, and kind of see what happens from there. Um, and then I do have some ideas for, um, children's books and stuff like that. It just kind of depends on, um, where that, where that goes and where that ends up. When I first started, uh, writing short stories, I never thought I would write a novel. I was perfectly content with just writing short stories. And so a novel always seemed like way too far off and way too difficult and too many words to try to do for one story. Um, But then, yeah, after trying NaNoWriMo all those years, uh, finally just I felt like I had a good outline and then just kind of went with it from there. So uh, zero draft versus. So um, what do you know? Do you know what software you're using for that kind of thing? Is that? Where, where would people find out more about that? Yeah, so um, mostly um, from my uh, email uh, newsletter that I send out just once a month, uh, there'll be an update on that from there and just kind of uh, links to where the idea came from and stuff like that. Cool. And uh, so do you say what software you're using to, to write the screenplay with? Yeah, so I I use Scrivener to write okay. um, the Rose Weapon, and then they have a really great screenplay um, setting as well that I've found. I mean, I've only been in there a couple of days now, but it's very – I'm already kind of getting the shortcut keys and that kind of stuff, and so that's been very helpful. Cool, cool. Okay, um, uh, any sort of recent favorite media? So, like, uh, have, you, have you read a book that's just sort of uh, really inspired you or watched a film or, or anything that's really got you going? Yeah, so we read uh, in book club. We read Red Rising by Pierce Brown. Have you read that? No, but I've, I've seen it pop up a few times on, on Goodreads and on Instagram. Um, yeah, is it a fantasy book? Um, yeah, sci-fi fantasy. Um, yes, but there <laughs> he brings he brings in other elements to it okay. too. So the setting is definitely that, but it it feels a lot more of the grounded fantasy which is what i like too yeah. kind of the um at least in the first book i'm i'm going i'm in the second one right now but red Rizzo. yeah <laughs> what's that one yeah. called uh golden sun golden sun i would have gone with red rose or red. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay cool He's... um sorry man um yeah so okay so the road opens out you've got zero draft 30 which is um the screenplay what what else what's next for mr shorts yeah, so I before this month started, I finished the first draft of um, my second novella, and so I'm putting that away for now while I do um, Zero Draft 30, and then once this month's over, I'll go back to that and start making edits for that, and um, hopefully coming out within probably, hopefully, the turn of the new year, so. Oh, cool. And um, have we got a name for that yet? Is there any details we can get on that? Yeah, I... Uh, I I thought of a name, but it's kind of a spoiler for the book. So I was like, I can't use that. Part of- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. Yeah. Go with Red Rose. <laughs> or Red yeah. Rose. Okay, cool. Uh, so man, we've got the, uh, the quick fire round. Are you, okay. uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I told you about this. I don't know if I warned you about it. Um, we've got like 10 quick questions. Feel free to uh, answer in any way you want. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Second to last book that you read. A Wizard of Earthsea by Ursula Le Guin. Uh, PlayStation or N64? N64. What? <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite alcoholic beverage? 
ginger beer. It's non-alcoholic. <laughs> you, you can get alcoholic versions though, I think. Um, favorite U.S. city? Springfield, Illinois. The first film you ever loved? Mm, probably Mask of Phantasm. Batman. Oh, I think it's like uh, Phantasm is in that, that crazy, crazy Don Coscarelli horror film. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, the one person uh, you'd want to meet? Ray Bradbury. Biggest hobby outside of writing? Uh, probably uh, playing hockey, street hockey. Oh, cool. Um, I was going to say favorite writer, but let's go with favorite creator. <laughs> uh, probably Rhett and Link, YouTubers. Really? They do the um, uh, Mythical Morning show, is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. I watched a few of those. really good. Okay, so you're in a cinema. Uh, you're waiting for a film to come on. And bad news, it's that film that you hate. What's it called again? Um, I tend to just block those out. Repress <laughs> them like bad. They don't even. They don't even memories. exist. Yeah. Uh, mm, I can't. I don't know. Wow, you're such a positive person. <laughs> I, I try to have a philosophy of to not discourage artists. So I feel like yeah. if I slam a movie, <laughs> no, it's good. I like it. Um. Okay, so it's it's a film that you love, a recent film that you love. What's it called again? Dunkirk. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, okay, cool. And the last question, uh, where can we follow you and your work? Yeah, my website, fcschultz.com, um, F-C-S-H-U-L-T-Z, and then that's the same uh, name on all the social medias too. So. Cool. Okay, uh, just to let listeners know, I, I should have mentioned this before, Dan uh, disappeared half of the interview <laughs> because um, he and Skype are having an ongoing feud. He's uh, he's set like doing like a what they call them class action suit against them right now. <laughs> okay, yeah. So just a quick thanks to uh, Disaster Peace for the intro and outro music, Acast for hosting the podcast, uh, the listeners for listening, and pat- uh, patrons over patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Dan, my co host, for being here for the first half because without you, I'd be alone. <laughs> <laughs> I am now alone, but. Uh, and thanks again to FC Shorts, who um, I've come to consider uh, one of my uh, close online friends, friends that you sort of have in this weird new world where you, I feel like you, uh, there's a connection, but never actually seen each other face to face. Appreciate it. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks, for, thanks so much. And um, yeah, keep in the loop with everything you're doing. And uh, I really appreciate all of your hard work and everything you're doing out there. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Still hungering for some podcast goodness? Then why not check out our other show, The Other Stories. Oh, and did you know, every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Cute, eh? Anyway, toodle pip.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.